Just for your uh, just for your comfort level before we begin here, uh, the video is just for our back and forth. Uh, it, it won't be used, but if uh, if Bigfoot or these these aliens are talking about uh, walks behind you through the room, there, I'm posting that. Other than that, we're, we'll be good. Man, if they walk through the room, I've got bigger problems than you posting. So <laughs> On this episode of Playtime, Art Alexakis, the founding member and songwriter for the band Everclear joins me and talks his solo work, cancel culture, and being diagnosed with MS. I'm your host, W.C. Turk. Absolutely not a one-hit wonder. On September 8th, the very same day that their new album Live at the Whiskey A Go-Go is released, Everclear, known for such songs as AM Radio, Father of Mine, Everything to Everyone, and a very personal favorite, Volvo Driving Soccer Mom performs in suburban Lamont for a 6.30 show at the Forge Lamont Quarries, a great new uh, outdoor uh, music venue, by the way, uh, 227 Heritage Quarries Drive, in Lamont, Illinois, uh, and with a little map quest here for the Lamont show uh, attendees, uh, you take Lamont Avenue South to Main Street East, roughly a half mile or so, to Talcott opposite Turnabout Pizza. Any 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 clues there that I might have grown up actually in Lamont? Um, wow! Now you know it pretty well. So how far is Lamont from downtown? I'm I'm in, in just off downtown uh, Chicago now. I want to say 35 miles. All right. Yeah. So it's in the west suburbs or southern? It's in the, it's in the southwest suburbs. It's sort of uh, it's sort of Joliet adjacent, if you're at all familiar with. Uh, I with... Am. There you go. I, I absolutely am. So uh, it's a little this side of Joliet before you get yeah. to Joliet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And tickets start at $35 for general admission. Lawn seating. You can pre-order the new album live. Uh, at the Whiskey A Go-Go and have it in your hands on September 8th. The relevant websites for that are everclearmusic.com. And to order tickets for the Lamont show, forgeparks.com. Also, uh, for because this is uh, this is kind of a, dy- uh, a dynamic tour for you guys, uh, people can visit 
uh, everclearmusic.com and find information on shows throughout the throughout the the Midwest here. You're going to be in Illinois downstate again a little bit later. We'll talk about that more out in Waterloo and kind of all over. And this person that I'm talking with, Art Alexakis, uh, is the founder and heart and soul of the band. And he joins me. What a pleasure, man. It's it's so good to have you here, bud. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. How's weather there? Is it is it cooling off there or is it hot It's today? cooled off substantially. We're going to be at about 70 degrees. Uh, and it's been kind of kind of raining and storming all day, but I, I like that. I'm I'm an artist and a writer, and I work indoors, so that's good for me. Yeah. So um, so we're getting we're getting pretty close to fall weather, huh? I think it's going to come pretty early this year. How about how about you guys? Yeah. Wow. Here now we're we're getting a late summer. It's 85 today in Pasadena, mm-hmm. um, which to me is perfect. That's that's perfect. I can go swimming, it walk around in shorts, no problem. Um, mm-hmm. It'll start cooling off. I but but we had a late a late start to the summer. It was pretty mm-hmm. cold and rainy uh, for most of June and even most of July. Well, I think right about the time you get here, normally, and and this is a an El Nino uh, year, but yeah, but uh, r- regardless of that, that those first couple of weeks of September are always very mild and, and maybe even a little bit on the, on the warm side, which would be, uh, which would be wonderful for an outdoor show. I'm thinking. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. 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 That's what they, yeah, that's what they used to call Indian summer. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm stoked to be in the Midwest during, during the fall, man. It's going to be great. We're going to see this, the trees start to change when we're on the East coast, uh, late September, early October. And then we get back. To, we finish the tour in Southern California in the middle of October, home in time for uh, you know trick and treat with my daughter. And, um, even though she's getting a little old for that, but they're still talking about doing it. Kids today, man. When I was a kid, man, they just stopped giving you candy when you were about twelve years old. You know? <laughs> trick or treat? No. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the way for that cute little kid in a kitty outfit. Get out of the way. Also, also, those are the houses that risk risk being toilet papered. Yeah, you know, in the in the seventies, late seventies, that that was more of a I think forties, fifties, and sixties thing. In the seventies, guys would come after you with a baseball bat or worse. Right? <laughs> right. I grew up in a rough neighborhood, so you weren't you weren't doing that in people's houses. I, like like I said, I I grew up in in Lamont, and uh, it was they they just they would just shut the door uh, on you yeah. if if you were if you were if if you were growing a beard uh, that that was a problem for for a lot of a lot of people handing out candy. But they were pretty it was pretty it was pretty lenient, and and then there was you know there was there was that general cutoff of you you had a little bit of pride that you didn't want to be out wandering with with kids unless you were you were a chaperone but you didn't want to be out mooching for candy at 17 and 18 you know it's a trip i read this letter that was on the internet that was on facebook uh about a year ago uh-huh and it just it was is it was in response to the fact that they were saying give kids with special needs blue blue jack-o'-lantern 
for to put their candy in so that you know there's special needs. Okay. And the guy the guy's like, man, just stop with it. Free candy for everybody. You knock on the door, costume, 40 years old, 15 years old, special needs, regular. Just give people the candy and shut up. <laughs> and you know what? I 100% agree with that. Uh-huh. Just give the free candy. Say happy Halloween. Make it easy. Just, it's not costing you much. <laughs> This yeah. is that that's that's very true. You you and I were born at about the same time. You were you were two months almost to the day, uh, April twelfth, uh, nineteen sixty two, uh, and I, I was born June thirteenth, nineteen sixty two. So I, I think we we've got a lot of those perspectives. What's that? Two months older than you. Yeah. 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 I think we we carry a lot of these cultural markers. The, the, the perspective on those much much the same and and we're going to talk about that a little bit because if, if it's all right with you i'd like to get a little bit personal on on some of the um on some of your life experiences past and and present um, because i think you have an important message in in a lot of those experiences Drug dealer's girlfriends want to come home to a house with a pool Guys in the 40s Want to live with their moms In a house with a pool Even if they don't know why They still need a reason For what they do Everybody wants a house with a pool Come and let them die with me In my sky I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, coming from the age group and the generation that you and I come from, uh-huh. uh, you know, we're not boomers and we're not quite Gen Xs. We're right in the middle. Yeah. It's like a two or three year gap thing. And we're kind of in the middle of that. And I don't know about you, but I find myself, you know, having traits of both. Um, I like to say the best of both, you know, yeah. without a lot of the hypocrisy. But it is what you, it is what it is. You just, you know, you you gain your perspective and hopefully some wisdom from from fighting adversity, which I think adversity is good. It puts the fire in your belly. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes you fail and you get knocked down, but you know that doesn't define you it defines you is how you get up father of mine tell me where have you been you know i just close my eyes my whole world disappeared father of mine take me back to the day yeah when i was still your golden boy back before you went away i remember blue skies walking the block i loved it
heard a quote the other day that said, uh, it's no sin to get knocked down. It's a sin to not get back up. It, and, and, and that's, that's, that's what I try to teach my children. I, I, and when I uh, life coach people, I instill that in them and to be compassionate with themselves and just, and just to do the work, you know, same thing in my sober world, you know, in my sober uh, fellowship. It's, it's one of those things where it's just a matter of uh, just working the literature and mm-hmm. just staying in the middle and just trying to see, use all of my heart, not just part of it, all of it. And uh, doing that uh, has, has really made my life a lot more full, for sure. And and I think that's going to come come through when we we get deeper into your into your music. Um, the the only the only issue that I have with you is how much longer do you intend to ride the success of Color Finger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's just it's really shameful, right? I mean, it's just shameful. But, but I'm um, being I'm being a bit serious in in bringing up Color Finger because it approximated. Uh, not not the sound from that first album, but but the those those later albums. It's good to have a window on the world. Live deep in the heart of the beast in the sun Night after night do the same damn thing Do the weirdness dance for those who can't Getting to the point that I can't take it anymore Anymore Yeah, anymore Waking up at 3 p.m. in a thrash bedroom So I, I wonder how that figured in or, or benefited your your later sound with Everclear and your songwriting skills uh, and work ethic. You know, it's just, it, it was just a nat- natural evolution. Yeah. You know, just, I mean, I that's where I was. That's where I was, the, the band before at the Easy Hose. Um, uh-huh. I was part of the alternative country scene in, in, in uh, Portland, san francisco in the late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. and i started a label to document that and that's where i was and, but color finger and everclear were closer to the rock of what i wanted to do so okay. it was kind of I, I look at color finger as kind of a transitional thing mm-hmm. you know towards more of the rock and and once um i moved to portland and started i started everclear in uh early 92 um i knew it was going to be my last band that i was going to put everything into because i was oh i was turning 30 years old i was 30 years old had a baby on the way my days of like screwing around being the cool musician guy and looking cool not doing anything those days were over so everything was building up to a point of doing everclear if you listen to our first album, it's pretty rowdy. Second, all the noise. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I feel like we've done kind of a, a roller coaster because if you listen to our last album that came out in 2015, uh, "Black Is the New Black," 
That's the heaviest record we've ever it's made. It's a great album. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I love that album. I think it's one of our best, actually. The edge of the American dream. A perfect place for someone like me. I like the way the trouble rises to the top. It makes my better life a little more sweet Bad people do bad things I am the monster that you see in your dreams A bad seed in a little pink bow I am a problem that you never want to know You gotta understand, you better believe That the monster in you Brings out the monster in me You just released uh, a 30th anniversary edition of World of Noise. I was I was in Sarajevo during the siege in 1994 uh, as an oh artist and, and and a witness. Uh, and in this hidden, dark-filled punk metal club, someone was playing World of Noise. And I I, I loved I loved that album. In then. Sarajevo. In Sarajevo. In Sarajevo in the early 90s. In the early 90s, in 1994, somebody somebody got a hold of that and brought it to this club. Unbelievable. That just blows my mind. was on the heels of because i, I you know I, I went to i went to uh chronicle the lives and the experiences of artists musicians and and so I, I i traveled all through the balkans and ended up in uh in sarajevo where i met my wife and sarajevo was separated into these into these classic rock parts and these heavy metal parts and and earlier that summer Iron Maiden had had done a kind of a flash concert in in Sarajevo uh, during during one of the ceasefires. I, uh, I remember. I, I actually remember that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a video that uh, a, a documentary they made about it that's on that's on YouTube. Um, and then and then there were there were dance clubs. My wife was my wife was into more more dance, and she was a a competitive dancer, um, ballroom dancer. But there, there were punk, there were punk clubs as well, and and you had to know somebody to get into all of these clubs, and you guys, for 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 better or for worse, were considered punk to this audience. And yeah, well, I mean, that first album is pretty punk. I mean, it yeah. really is. Yeah. It's angry. It's noisy. It's distorted. Mm -hmm. It's recorded on quarter inch eight tr track. 
um, you know, it's pretty, pretty lo-fi and in your face. So it might not sound exactly like prototypical Southern California or California, like, you know, pop punk, mm -hmm. which I'm interested in doing. Um, it's, I, I, I think it's punk rock. Most of that on there is pretty punk rock. Maybe I went too far this time. I just go crazy when she says no. Angel turns away, pulls the dress back down, slowly washes her face, takes the bus to a job. So, so you mentioned the last album. You haven't lost your edge, man. Not, not at all. You haven't, you haven't surrendered your edge. And, and given, given our, our earlier conversation about generation, and my, my wife and my former co-host uh, Carrie Kendall, uh, when, when they want to get under my skin, they call me a boomer. Our but generation you, seems to have lost. Go ahead. They're just I, trying to. Pick. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're absolutely teasing me, and they so and they they know it kind of gets to me. But is your wife younger? She's Gen X. Yeah, my my wife is actually. Truth be told, we've been together twenty years, but uh -huh. she's uh, twenty years younger than me. So she's at the very beginning of millennia, millennial, end of Gen X. She's right in there. And uh, so, yeah, I get a little bit of the, I get, I get the boomer tag too. <laughs> but, but it, it, it feels like our generation, we grew up, we grew up in the, uh, well, we, I mean, we, we were still technically kids during, uh, or we were, we were kids five, six years old uh, at, at the end of the sixties. But if your experience was anything like mine, I had, I had uncles who protested during the 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 sixty eight convention uh, downtown here, and were were caught up in the riots and and all that. Um, we we went through uh, after after Martin Luther King was killed. We went through the west side of Chicago, where we were escorted by by soldiers because of because of the the riots and the fires and and all that and. I remember my dad, who was this, uh, who was this ironworking guy, used to come home every day, pull his work boots off, sit down in his in his blue work uniform, with a with a a, a mason jar of seven and uh, uh, Seagram seven and and seven up, and right. we were watching the news, and they played a part of Martin Luther King's uh, speech, and he said that's a great man which is the only time my dad ever mentioned race in his whole life at least to me and well, it always really stuck race. it sounds it sounds like the comment was devoid of race like well regardless, yes indeed that's a great man indeed but it seems like because it, it's now it's our generation who's running the government running the media that we've abandoned all of those lessons from the civil rights movement and and 
uh, and the youth movement and the anti-war movement. And we, we've given over to a, a really kind of dark personality. I think there's a, a lot of people in this country. Uh, yeah, I think there's a, a, there's a definite dichotomy. And I think half the country, because of the last president, yeah. um, not our current president, feel like it's okay to be like that. It's okay to be racist. It's okay to have these feelings, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's one thing to have feelings, but it's not okay to act out on it. And it's not okay to bring it into the universe. There's no place in America for racism. Time stops when the whispers blare, the voices rock hard, but the eyes still stare, the world resolves into a decade grin, cause I walk with pride with a black girlfriend. waste the time man let's just get on with the living and do good things and be nice to people it's yep. not that hard it's <laughs> really not that hard and it just seems frustrating and depressing sometimes when you're in places where the other voices drown out the rational voices mm-hmm. but you know you, you gotta just remember that that's just someone's opinion they're entitled to it I don't believe in cancel culture. I don't know what that is, but I know if you come on my my social media talking racist stuff like that, you're gone. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to hear canceling you. I'm just I don't want to hear it. You you just released a song about the MAGA movement. You don't seem to fear at all the uh, the the so called cancel culture. You're talking about you're the tiger, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, when I wrote that and and produced it i played it for a friend of mine who's also a singer songwriter of note um that uh i'm like it's kind of a protest song and he listens to it and he goes art you're so full of shit it's not a protest <laughs> song. that is a fight song man you're, <laughs> you're you're throwing you're throwing down the gauntlet you're trying to pick a fight and he goes i know you and i <laughs> and and he goes, God bless that you're doing it. We need this song. And I'm like, well, I kind of felt like we did. Yeah, the tiger. Yeah, 
write songs for other people. I write songs for me. I was going to say, that, that's, always, that's always been who you are as, as a singer-songwriter and, and particularly as a lyricist. Yeah, it, it kind of is. I think, I think people get lulled by, like, I will buy your new life and wonderful and songs like that. But those songs are, are trying to pick fights as well. You know, yeah. they're trying to upset Norm. And I like different types of music. I like the, the, when I hear I'll Buy You a New Life, it reminds me of the band. Mm-hmm. You know, Robbie Robertson just passed away. Yeah. Um, and the band. Uh, when I when I hear songs like Santa Monica, I don't know. It's it's uh it it's kind of almost like a classic rock song with um a mid tempo almost X, you know, the the, the yeah. LA punk kind of feel to it. I am still living with your ghost. Lonely and dreaming of the West Coast. I don't want to be your downtime. I don't want to be your stupid game. With my big black boots and an old suitcase. I do believe I'll find myself a new place. I don't things i grew up with and still love to this day you know it just has that big that big chorus and you know you could go through a list of my songs and i can show you where those those influences came from but really i don't like explaining music i'm like here man listen to it if you get it awesome if you don't <laughs> awesome too see you on the way out thanks for your money well that's you know, i mean yeah that, that's why I could have gone Don't a thousand different. Hit. Yeah, exactly. I could have gone a thousand different directions with with our conversation. Here's one example. I had a conversation with Frank Aral from Poydog Pondering a while back. Like Everclear, oh I yeah, I, I followed Frank uh, from from the very first album. You both have such different sounds, but you share this in common, and I, I definitely mean this as, as a positive. All your music is derivative at its core from an honest and natural music narrative that remains many, many albums and many years later. Uh, and it still sounds fresh and and even innovative. I'm thinking of songs like uh, Sing Away or, or the all-country flavor House with a Pool uh, off your solo album, Sun Songs. I read the words they wrote to you Those 
stupid broken children. I wonder if they knew. Where does that musical language or the ease of creating that musical that that music come from? Um, I don't really know about the ease of it. I just it's what comes out of me. I mean, I love all sorts of different types of music, and I can listen to it and go, yeah, that comes from kind of a hip hop thing. That comes from kind of a country thing. That comes from punk. That comes from this. If I really wanted to get into it. But when I play and I get other people to play, I just hear what sounds right to me. Yeah. That, that's what sounds right. That's what sounds exciting. Maybe sometimes I have an idea and the drummer will come up with something cooler. You know, <laughs> that's happened before. So I'm I'm open to that. It's just, I usually have a pretty good idea. I think because of my age and because growing up, listening to all sorts of music growing up, I had siblings you know older than me and so you know my my mom was in the country my dad was into like sinatra and the crooners i love all that stuff all that old carter family you know when when it was like you know white people's soul music that's what really <laughs> before it became stupid that'll piss some people off but oh well <laughs> there there's some great country music and they're great all sorts of music. There's no bad music. Yeah. There's there's no bad genre. There's good music and music I don't like. Good music is music I like. There's no bad music. Yeah. Just, I don't like it. You know. I was talking um, guitar shredding with uh, Kristen Pelletieri, and I thought I could I thought I could outwit him by bringing up. Uh, some early 30s guitarists, Django Reinhardt and some others who I thought were first and foremost in the in the shredding mode. And he took me to uh, a Bach arrangement, which was shredding on piano, but it was shredding nonetheless. And, and it was wow. it was absolutely, absolutely stunning. Definitely. I mean, go back to Amadeus and and uh you know too many notes and that whole thing with mozart back then it was all about the what the, the mechanics of it and the mathematics of it you know it wasn't about the soul if i could just go here because i've got some some friends in the autoimmune um community and a, a very dear friend roberta miles uh, a jazz singer and artist here in chicago who has ms I'd like to finish with, with this. Your song, Hot Water Test, in 2016, you were diagnosed with MS. My doctors told me that I had a disease. I will slowly fall apart until there's nothing left that looks like me. Oh, I smile to people as I walk to my car to call my wife. I told her everything the doctors had said Then we both began to cry She said, easy can be hard to do Life can be ugly or beautiful new It's up to me And it's up to you She said Sharon Stone following her stroke faced discrimination in in hollywood a very very dear friend of mine 
uh, jazz singer and artist Roberta Miles has struggled with with MS. You've you've become kind of a, a champion of of the autoimmune community by not giving in and giving up. You put a lot of energy in into your shows. What what's been what's been the key to uh, to battling against MS for you? I I think a large part of it has been support from my wife and my family. A large part of it is just the way my mom raised me, which I think accounts for a lot of my success is just just tenacity, pers- perseverance, um, just refuse to stay down when I get knocked down. But really, I mean, what's the alternative? You know, what am I going to do? What's the alternative to pushing myself? I was talking about this with another friend of mine who's dealing with something else and he's he's in his late 50s early 60s you know he's about to you know as you get older man it just sucks things get harder man (laughs) you know shit happens and i'm just like i think that the adversity and the adversity is so important for me the fact that it's hard to go to the, the airport and do shows every weekend and fly around and not get enough sleep and eat crappy food that's not in my protocol because it makes me try harder and my body has the memory and the energy of doing it of pushing because i think if i was sitting on waiting for royalty checks and not doing anything i think i'd be on a a very faster slide down yeah to, to the point where i'd be in a wheelchair and I'm going to fight that as long as I can. Focus it's, and defiance. Yeah, exactly. Defi- defiance uh, with purpose, you know. Pride, uh, pride with, I'd, I'd say. With, is, an end, with, a, with an end inside of what I want to, you know, there's an end to the means. And, and, and there's a point to the struggle. I know where I want to get. I want to be 80 years old and not be in a wheelchair. I might be on a cane, but I don't want, that's what I don't want to have happen. So... I've changed the way I eat, I changed the way I exercise. I exercise a lot. As soon as I'm done with this and the next call today, going home and doing 15 laps and uh, doing my, my, my weight protocol at home. And uh, just, you know, I got to do that every day to feel good, just to feel normal. And that's okay. I don't sit around crying about it to myself though sometimes i feel like it i mean you know sometimes yeah you want to feel sorry for yourself and then you think about it and just go man shut up i got a great a great life so it's harder so what slam dunk man thank you and and go ahead you had had a stroke man you sound great i I fought again like you i've i've got a great i've got a great wife uh, who's incredibly supportive, uh, and and a, a great community of friends who who rallied around me, but I was, and and I didn't know if if I was going to if if I was going to walk or be able to to use my arm again. But like you, I got in there and I fought and I fought every day and I refused to quit. I refused to give up, uh, and I, I there there was a there was a certain pride that that goes along with that that you just um you just have to do better 
for yourself and for the people who are who are who are there to support you 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 want to you want to make them feel like their contribution wasn't wasted right right yeah 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 slam dunk man on September 8th, Everclear is performing in suburban Lamont for a 6.30 show at the Forge Lamont Quarries, a really great new outdoor music venue, 227 Heritage Quarries Drive in Lamont. To order tickets, go to forgeparks.com. The new album from Everclear live at the Whiskey Go-Go is out September 8th. The website is everclearmusic.com. Brother, so, I can get a jump. People are calling now. I'm so sorry. That's that's quite all right. Thank you, Art. I hope this wasn't too personal. Lydia Lovelace felt like she had just had a therapy session. I talked cooking and guacamole with Kelly Hansen from Foreigner, genealogy with Chris and Pelletieri, and refrigerator repair with Martin Barr. So thank you. Best of luck with the tour. We'll talk on the backside. Thanks. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye. that play out just a little bit a great song from a great band my thanks to art alexakis from everclear for more nms or to help find a cure for this disease you can visit the national multiple sclerosis society nationalmssociety.org there'll be a link in the notes below and if you enjoy this program please feel free to share it and don't forget to click the subscribe button and receive notifications on future programs I'm your host, W.C. Turk. Jimmy